this week we are continuing in our stewardship sermon series using that very short, simple word, so, as our guiding factor. Last week we asked the question, so what? Right? Why do we even talk about money in church? And we were reminded of those words of Jesus in the great Sermon on the Mount that we are to build up not treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. And that when Jesus talks about heaven, he's not just talking about that future place where we go when we die, but establishing heaven here on earth, what it means to live and see and be a part of the kingdom of heaven here and now. And so we build up our treasures for heaven here, a world that is marked by God's love and grace and mercy and compassion. And that Jesus reminded us, pointed out to us that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So we answered the question, so what? Why do we even talk about money? So this week we are taking that next step and asking a different question. We know why we talk about money. Why do we ask for money? in the church. We, we can talk about it, but now you're going a little too far because you are talking about it and then asking for it. Well, that leads us to our second so, right? We ask for money so that we can be the church together, right? We ask for money because, frankly, well, we need money. We need resources to fulfill our mission as a church. Do you remember what our mission statement is here at East Cobb United Methodist Church? It's the the three G's, right? We say that our mission as a church is to gather, to grow, and to go, right? We gather to embrace God and all people. We grow in faith, love and joy, and then we go out into the world to serve and share Jesus. That's the the mission that you all came up with, right? Years ago, that was coming together to say, this is who we are as a church. This is what it means for us to gather together in worship, to gather together in in social situations, to fellowship with one another, to gather together in small groups, to gather together over a meal together. And when we gather, recognizing that we are there, not just to be with our friends, but as we talked with, with the children, to embrace all people, all people here in this place. And then we said that we we want to grow, right? Because the life of faith is not just about being stagnant, but about growing to be the people that God calls us to be. And so we grow in love. We grow in our faith. We grow in joy. Because that is what God calls us to be. And then finally, we know that we can't just hold this all for ourselves, keep it here within the walls of the church. So we go, we go out into the world We go to serve Jesus because we know that by serving others, we are serving Christ. He told us that, right? That when we 
fed the hungry, when we gave water to the thirsty, when we clothed the naked, when we visited the sick and imprisoned, when we did that to the least of these, we were doing it to Jesus. And so we go into the world to serve Jesus and to share Jesus, right? To share this love, this grace, this forgiveness, this mercy that we have come to know. We go to share it with the world. That is our mission as a church. Now we could ask that same so what question that we asked last week about our mission. So what, why, why is that important? Why is it that we are gathering, growing and going? Well, that is our way as a church of kind of fleshing out the most basic and yet complex commandment of Jesus. What God in Christ calls us to do And that is that simple word that I shared with the children. Love. That is how we have come to understand what it means to love as God loves. And we read about what it means to love all throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament. But this morning I want to turn to John the Evangelist. And 1 John, where we hear about this core, we hear about what it is to really see and know God is love. So you can read along on the screens with me from 1 John. Oh, that's not our scripture for today. That's not it. We'll pull it up over here. First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. It's loading. Dear friends, let us love each other. There it is. Thank you, Christina. Because love is from God. And everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. It is not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sins. And did you hear it there? In our scripture, Christ came so that we can live through him, so that we can show the world God's love the same way Jesus did, so that we might not just represent God's love, but we may represent God's love. Do you know the difference there between Represent and represent, right? To present again. Right? We aren't to just show God's love, but we are to live it out, to act it out, to give it out again and again and again every day of our lives. 
Now in this letter, the, the evangelist John, he gives us this command, right? That, that God has loved us so much that he sent God's son to us so that we might live through him. He gives this great missional commandment, but then he also gives this great foundational theological statement, right? That God is love. Now we could say that flippantly, well, yes, God is love, but if we really stop and think about it for a second, that is so complex, so much there to say that God is love. So, so the evangelist John, he gives us this, this missional commandment and then this strong theological decree that God is love and we must live that love out. Now in his letter, the, the church that he's writing to is, is in a bit of a conflict. And they're specifically fighting over whether or not Jesus actually came in the flesh. It's the heresy of docetism, if you want to look that up for a little research project later this week, right? Docetism, to say that, that Jesus was just the spiritual being. So the people were fighting about that. Now, now, John knew. He knew that this is what the conflict was about, and so he wrote to the church. Now, he could have written to them and given this great theological treatise on why docetism is wrong, right? He could have given this great theological argument with point after point after point that scholars for years to come would have gone back to But he didn't, right? He, he gave us some theological grounding, but then he gave us this mission of what it means to live that theology out. And I think because he knew, he knew that that's how transformation occurs. He knew that that's how lives would be changed. Not through some statement of doctrine, but through love lived out. So Pastor Alan Bream, he talks about it this way. He says that I don't think anybody has ever come to Christ, has come to faith because of really great dogma. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I read all about the great theology of your God, and so yes, I will, I will believe in your God. No, they came to Christ. They came through faith because of other people, because of what they saw it meant when faith was lived out by these living witnesses to the faith. That's how we arrive. And so, yes, we, can, we say God is love, but then we take that and we live it out. We be the people of God, of a God who is love. The evangelist reminds us that God is love so that we can embrace that love. We can embody that love and then we can express that love. And there are ways that we do that individually and there are ways that we do that as a community. Now I know it's not all about money, but taking what we learned Last week, about where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. We, as a community of faith, can see how we are living out that love. 
the ways we are doing that as a church by looking at our, our budget, our spending, our, our ministry plan. How are we using our resources so that God's love is lived out? Last week, I showed you a pie chart of my own spending, and this week, I've got a bar graph for you, right? We're going to switch it up a little bit from pie chart to bar graph. All you economics and math people get excited, okay? So this is our current church budget, 2019. All right, by the percentages. Where our treasure is there, our heart will be also. How is our spending? How are our resources being spent so that God's love is lived out? Well, let's take a look. Right up at the top, we've got our buildings and maintenance, and that's a fairly high percentage, right? About 20%. And we think about that, gosh, oh, man, we're spending money on the lights and on the heating and the air and all that comes with our buildings. But it's more than that, right? It's creating a space for people to come. And to come not just on Sunday mornings for worship and, and Sunday school. Or for people to come throughout the week. Right? If you were to come to the church any day of the week, you would see people in and out at all hours. We have our full day preschool. Where our building is open from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. For 88 kids to be here, to be loved on, to be cared for, to be nurtured, and to know a little more the love of God in their lives. Our building is open at night twice a week for support groups, Narcotics Anonymous and Adult Children of Alcoholics, for people from our community to meet together, to support one another. Three nights a week, our building is open for scouting troops, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Cub Scouts, to gather in this place, to build and to grow together. On Sunday afternoon, now in this space, there's a, a Kenyan congregation that is meeting to worship God. They had been meeting in a, in a hotel, um, and when they came to meet, to, ask, to meet here, they said, we keep getting kicked out of the hotel because our worship is too loud. <laughs> no one should be prevented from worshiping God, however loud it may be. And so now they come here, and they have space to be and to worship and to praise as loud as they want. And so we spend our money and our resources in our building. If we jump down a little bit, we got um, our office and administration, right? That's about like 12%, um, which, you know, that seems like the boring stuff, right? All the office supplies, all the technology, all the stuff that we need to make things run. This also includes, though, two staff salaries, right, for our business manager and for our director of communication, so that we can have cool slides like this. And we can have our, our Facebook and our website constantly updated to 
let us know what's going on in the life of the church. And, and for our business manager, who can process all that happens on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, right? All right, uh, the bottom one there, that's kind of the biggest one between, it's like 28% is our staff parish relations. Now included in that is all of our kind of staff development, continuing education. It's got the senior pastor's salary in there. It's got insurance and pension in there. It's got all staff like taxes and payroll and uh, payroll fees and all that, as well as our um, fees to go to annual conference every year for the pastor and our lay delegate. Okay, I'm going to jump back up to the third one, the conference and district apportionments. If you've been around the Methodist church for a while, you know apportionments, and everybody kind of groans when we say apportionments, right? That's what, what we pay to the conference every year. But do you know what the apportionments go to? We always say it just kind of goes to the conference. It goes to the district, right? But it supports all of our denominational partners. It's the Ministerial Education Fund. It's, it's our partnership with Africa University. It's our partnership in um, ministries of higher education of all our Methodist schools, it goes towards a, a black college fund, and it goes towards our southeast jurisdiction mission and ministry. That's our you know, geographical area where we are in mission together. So again, it's not just going to, to boring stuff, right? It's going to actual mission and ministry work. All right, let's get into some of our ministries and programs. Music and worship, it's about 10, 11, 12% right there. Weekly worship, right? As we gather here in this space, all the things that we like to do in worship from our musicians to our AV team, right, to some of the creative things that we do in worship throughout the year, helps to support our two staff People, Rob as our director of worship, and then Ira, who's our, our organist and choir director. We have 10 folks that, that are part of our praise band here that rotate in and out. We have 28 folks that are in our choir, all to lift up, to praise God for this corporate gathering together. Our children's ministry, you saw a little bit of it earlier as they came in, but I want to give you a few of the numbers of our children's ministry. We've got 14 kids that are part of our elementary and preschool Sunday school program every week. Over this past summer, Miss Rebecca organized some family fun events, and we had 10 families that participated in those. We had two of our fourth and fifth graders attend the weekend retreat at Camp Glisten this year. As part of our uh, preschool, Miss Rebecca leads chapel for 47 of those 88 kids each week where they come into this space where they sing songs, where they learn stories of the faith. And this past summer when we went out of our building, when we went to East Cobb Park for Vacation Bible School, we had 42 kids that participated in that. So clearly not just from our church, but those that we invited from the playground to come and hear the story of the Good Samaritan and to know God's love in that way. Our youth program, they're all 
convening back in the back corner this morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. <laughs> good to see you. Nobody's asleep. We did, we're doing well. Good job. Right? We've got uh, 12 youth that are in our Sunday school program. We had five that attended the weekend retreat at Camp Glisten. Um, this fall, Gary organized a cleanup day at the youth house. Okay, the cleanup day had 25 people at the cleanup day, right? Who comes to clean up? 25 of our youth and their families. So shout out to them. Um, and they had 12 youth that came to their overnight lock-in. As we continue to look at, at our congregational care and our discipleship ministries, this is all led by, by Pastor Jim Perry. We had 92 people participate in our Lent Bible studies this year. We have 87 people currently in our seamless Bible studies. We have 11 Stephen ministers. We have 19 folks from our church that serve on our congregational care team that reach out and support all of our 20 homebound members. There's a lot going on, a lot of ways that we are reaching out. And finally, we get to, to missions, right? Four weeks out of the year, we host Family Promise for families that are in housing transition. The first day of the month, every month, we serve dinner at Must Ministries at the Elizabeth Inn. We've got 11 people that are heading to Mountaintop. We've got three that are there right now. We've got more that are heading there next weekend. We donated last week, we celebrated 350 pairs of shoes to Mountaintop this year. If you remember back in, in August when we were doing our Good Life series, in one Sunday we collected 989 pounds of food for Must Ministries. And that kicked off our Buy One More campaign, where every week, y'all, that shopping cart is filled. And Donna and Meryl, they take it to Must every week, and we keep refilling it which is incredible. Over the summer, we packed 2,000 sack lunches for the summer lunch program. And just a few weeks ago, we joined with other churches in our area to pack 27,000 meals for Rise Against Hunger. So yeah, we, we look at these percentages we look at these graphs, we look at the, at the numbers, we look at the money that is spent. And I hope that as you hear these things celebrated, you can say, yes, we are doing all of this. We are giving so that our mission is lived out and the love of God is experienced, is expressed, is embodied. I preach and I talk about money because it's important, because I see how it has the power to transform us, to tr transform the ways that we live in this world. And I stand here and I ask you for money unapologetically and unembarrassed because I believe in what we are doing as a church. I believe in our mission. I believe that we are giving so that God's love is known. I know it's not all about the numbers, right? I can give you all the numbers in the world. I know it's not all about the numbers, but the numbers point to this bigger picture of who we are as a church, of what we are doing, that we're not just coming here, sitting on our rears for an hour and leaving. <laughs> We are moving and growing and doing and being 
God's love in our community and in the world. Now, last week, I, I challenged you to, to look at your own spending and to ask those so what questions and begin to see what kind of treasures you are building up. My challenge for you this week is to, is to dream. And like I had the kids fill in the blank, I want you to fill in the blank as well. To dream and be able to say, I give so that, and then fill in the blank. It can be as general as I give so that our mission to gather, grow, and go is lived out. It can be specific. I give so that my children have a place to go and to learn about God and God's story and to experience God's love in a safe and caring place. It can be hopeful. I give so that no one in this community will go hungry. However you may fill in that blank this week, I invite you to pray, to think about, to, to consider what it is that we do together as a church so that God's love will be seen will be known, will be experienced, will be embraced here in East Cobb, across Georgia, and throughout the world. Because God loves us so much. God sent God's Son so that we might know God's love and live God's love. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, Lord, your love is overwhelming. The ways in which you express your love to us, we will never fully understand. But we pray that you will help us to not only embrace that love, but, but share that love. Because to know God's love is to live God's love. Empower us as individuals to live that love every day of our lives and help us as a community of faith To not just represent your love, but to represent it in all that we do. Help us to dream about what we might be able to do as a church so that all the world will know that you are love. All this we pray in Christ's holy name.